this is Precious Williams. Welcome to Precious Gems Podcast. I am your host, and this is episode five, titled Daddy Issues. Oh my God, Whew. where do I begin? Okay, I'm gonna take y'all back to 1990, uh, I wanna say one, because I was, I would have been six. No, it would it would have been 92 then. I would have been six. I was born in 86, so 92, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92. Okay, six. <laughs> Forgive me. But I just counted on my hand. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna take y'all back to 1992. Okay, so my real name is Tammy Shia, but my first last name was Moore, and that was my brother's last name. His father was Moore. Um, he's a junior, so I grew up thinking my last name was Moore, Tammy Shia Moore. I grew up thinking by the time age six that my brother's father, whom I look nothing alike, like they're like he's light skinned. I'm obviously brown skin. <laughs> uh, I grew up thinking that this man was my father, okay? And so one day we stayed on 6th and Madison in this brick, brown brick building across the street from Jefferson Elementary School. And this is where me and my brother went and I was in the first grade. I remember coming home, me and him walking in because the, the school was literally directly across the street from our apartment. So I walk in the house and my mom is sitting in this chair with this, back in these days, this is 92, um, she had this yellow phone book that she had open and it was like open halfway or whatever. And then my stepfather was standing there and um, this is my sister's father, but this man raised me. So I identify him as my father as well. So my mama looks at me and she's like, I found your daddy. And I go, Big Doug is my daddy. And, she's, and she says, no, Alvin is your daddy. And I'm like, what the, f what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm thinking like, okay, what is going on? So by this time, she calls this man on the phone Alvin, I don't even know why I said this man, Lord forgive me. She calls this man on the phone and he's like super, super excited and he starts to say, Precious, oh my God, um, oh my God, how you doing? This is your daddy, my name Alvin, like just a bunch of different, just a bunch of conversation. And I'm literally sitting there like, what is going on? Like I have no idea, what, I'm six. I have no idea what is happening right now, but that moment is a pivotal moment in my life and it started what we all know that we can identify with is daddy issues, okay? Because here I was as a little bitty six-year-old child coming home from what I thought was a normal day, turned my whole life upside down. And from that point on, I went through all of my life not knowing who I was, not knowing or having any sense of self-identity, not having any sense of self-worth. And it traumatized me 
And I'm gonna get to how it affects, how it affected me and how I've been able to grow from it and learn from it and forgive and just ultimately thank and praise God because I've overcame a lot of those issues. I'm still working through some of them because I'm human. And, you know, I still have my issues and my struggles that I deal with, but thankfully I've been able to overcome. So she puts this, she puts this, uh, my father on the phone and he's ranting and raving or whatever, whatever. Fast forward a little bit, maybe a month or two, I don't know, just to span the time because also this started what I now have is childhood amnesia. I have literally blocked out from like the age of five, six, up until about really high school, 17, 18. So 13, 14 years of memories that I just do not remember. That's how traumatized I was as a child. That's how much abuse I experienced as a child because I don't be remembering shit. I'm like, that happened? What, what? I said it, I did it. I remember some stuff, but some of the, a lot of the stuff I have no clue. So I meet this man for the first time. He flies in from Georgia. This is where he, my father is from North Carolina, from Greensboro, North Carolina, from the country. But at the time he was living in Georgia where he's lived for many, 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 many years in Atlanta, in Decatur to be exact. So I spent a lot of my time growing up also in Atlanta and in, in Decatur, um, visiting, you know, here and there sparingly, sporadically, <laughs> when, I, when I was able to, when I could. We are gonna get to that. But um, he's taking pictures, he comes to the house, and I'm shell-shocked because up until this point, the family that I knew, which was my brother's biological father and his family, is not my family. Like, I, I'm realizing, like, these people are not my family. Who is my family? Who do I belong to? I know my mother's side of the family, and I have a really big family on my mom's side of the family, with lots of cousins, aunts, and uncles, and you know, everybody, my, my grandparents and whatnot, but who is my father, right? Who, who, do, who am I? So long, not long after that, you know, he visits, and then I, for the first time in my life at age seven, fly on an airplane by myself to go and visit my father in North Carolina to meet his family, his mother, his brother and sister, his aunt, who was still alive at the time, my father's side of the family, his, his uh, dad is really, has a really, really big family, uh, but his mom's side of the family is relatively small. I still don't even know. I'm 30, I'll be 36 in July. I still don't even know how to, I can count on one hand how many of them people I know. Okay, and that's really sad, and it really breaks my heart that that's, my livelihood, but I've come to accept it, right? Cause I'm like, hey, this is life. And I just got to roll with the punches. So my maiden name is Max Zorn. Fast forward, I'm in the second grade now. Here I am in the second grade, learning a whole new different last name. My name went from Moore to Mac Zorn. And I got teased about my, I got bullied in school y'all. You know, I, I got, I got, suffered a little bully. I got a little bully. <laughs> but here I am learning a whole new last name, Mac Zorn, M like Mary, C like Charlie, Z like Zebra, O, R, N like Nancy, Mac Zorn. And I had my birth certificate changed. I went from Moore to Mac Zorn. 
and now I'm learning who this person is, and I'm also learning a new last name. That was a lot for a six, seven-year-old to take on at the time. And that moment that I explained in the beginning about how I even came to know who my father was, that moment like shaped my whole life experience because it, it like severely traumatized me you know, having your whole existence snatched away from you at six and seven years old, and then kind of sort of being forced to identify as someone else and be accepted by a whole new set of people was very traumatizing, it was frustrating, it was hurtful, it was saddening. And, you know, I was already kind of reserved as a kid. You know, if I didn't really know you, I didn't really interact. I was very withdrawn. I'm a cancer, so, we don't take to a lot of people. We, we only, we're only comfortable around people that, we'll, that we are familiar with. If I'm not familiar with you, then it's hard for me to open up. It's hard for me to kind of let my guard down because I have to feel safe. And if I don't feel safe, then I'm not able to be my full self and operate as my full self. I'm learning as I'm getting older to kind of circumvent that a little bit and to be more extroverted, but you know, I'm naturally an introverted type of person. So here I am being thrust <laughs> in, in North Carolina and in, in Atlanta with a whole new set of people, meeting these people, and then almost being held accountable to interacting with them and learning them and getting to know them when I had no idea who these people were. I was uncomfortable. I was with um, my father and his mother, and I am the only grandchild because my father only has me. He was told at an early age that he wasn't able to have children. And so I was, I am the only child and my son Trey is the only grandchild, the only great grand um, on my father's side of the family. And um, <laughs> growing up with my father, he's a military man, he's ex-Marine. Um, it was very, very troubling because he was in and out of my life. I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna keep it 100. He was not actively present in my life. He was not emotionally available. And to some degree, he still isn't. You know, I've come to accept what the relationship is now as a 36-year-old as a woman. And through counseling has been able to help me understand that the person that I wanted, the, the relationship that I had desired and longed for, is not the relationship that I am going to receive. So I have to accept it as it is and learn how to um, navigate my way in life knowing that I'm not going to have that fairy tale type of relationship with my biological father. Um, through the, the, the Clarence, who's my stepfather, who raised me, I love this man to death. This is my father. This is a part, this is, he is, a lot of the reason why I am how I am today, a lot of the lessons that I learned from him, um, a lot of teachings, a lot of skill sets, a lot of love, a lot of time, a lot of guidance was him poured into me. You know, him, him and my mom were together for many, 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 many years. And he took on the responsibility and the role of being, you know, a father to myself and my brother because he loved my mother when he didn't have to. They ultimately had my sister, who was his biological daughter, but um, I just love this man because he loves me, he loves my son. But I always felt like something was missing because 
I didn't know who I was. And when you don't know who you are, you're always stuck. You're gonna be stuck in a state of not knowing, a state of confusion, a state of like disharmony, just a state of turmoil because I longed for the relationship to be something that I didn't understand why. Like I didn't really spend, a, even though he never lived in Indiana, he lived in Georgia the whole time I was growing up. I didn't really get to spend a lot of time with him. It would be months and years before <laughs> that I wouldn't even talk to this man. Um, he never really took the time out I felt to get to know me, to really get to understand me. I never really felt loved by him. I always felt judged by him. I always felt like he didn't really care. I always felt like he didn't want me. You know, I'm not gonna go into the circumstances of how I was conceived, but I was conceived under very like <laughs> crazy circumstances. You know, from my mother and my father both playing an active role in, in the confusion and, and the, the, the drama that had happened surrounding how I even was conceived. But um, he recently told me that he didn't want me. And I, I didn't need him to tell me that because I felt that. And when a child doesn't feel the love of a parent, they're gonna feel rejected. They're gonna feel abandoned. And those are the issues that I deal with and I struggle with, a codependency being another one of them. And I grew up longing and searching for that love, that guidance, that wisdom, that, that self, that respect, that confidence, that, you know, uh, protection that the father pours into the daughter. You know, a, a daughter seeks wisdom and guidance and love, pure, pure, unadulterated love from her father. And I didn't get that from him, you know? And it put me in a lot of circumstances, some of which I talked about on earlier pods about me dealing with the um, older person that I, that I had a uh, statutory rape relationship with, <laughs> lack of a better words. Um, and just dealing with men in general, not knowing. Cause you know, I felt like your daddy's supposed to put you up on game. And I didn't get that. Even though I had my stepfather in a home and to look after me, I still didn't get that. I still didn't get that, that game, that, that, that structure, like, oh, I'm calling my daddy, <laughs> you know? Oh, you know, knowing what to look for in a man, knowing how to pick, having an example and a model uh, that I, I longed for, you know, because here I am being six and seven years old, I'm still traumatically stuck at that age that I even met this man at. And so growing all the way up through high school, getting out of high school and just trying to be a young lady, be an adult, trying to, trying to grow up, dealing with a lot of the circumstances that I dealt with was because I had a lack of foundation and I had a, a hole and a void that I was trying to fill um, by the absence of my biological father. And you know, a lot of, a lot of, I experienced a lot of different things just with him, you know, he, he physically assaulted me. I've been physically assaulted and sexually assaulted all my life, you know, my, my I was um, physically 
and sexually assaulted growing up, verbally and emotionally as well, and then having this person who was my father also put hands on me, beat me up in a sense at age of 18. You know, I've been through a lot of shit in my life, man, and that shit scarred me. <laughs> and I'm still dealing with a lot of that, man. But you know, I still loved him and I still wanted in a relationship with him because I'm like, that's my father, that's my dad. And I look just like this man. And I just couldn't understand why this person did not want to want me. It grew up, and I grew up feeling rejected. Like, and, and, and when you carry those burdens and those weights, you, you basically the, the energy and the frequency that you, that you feel and that you operate on, that's what you're gonna attract. And I would be trauma bonded to people that were abusers, like attracting abusers all of my life because I was an abused person and though, that's all that I knew was to constantly attract abusers whether that been emotional, physical, um, verbal abuse, mental abuse. It's like I always attracted an abuser because I always, that's all that I knew was, was that, you know? And it's a sad reality. And my story is not unique. Shit, I know, I can count on all both hands how many people that I know that has the same story, you know? So I'm not sitting here looking for some sort of like sympathy, empathy, because I'm a survivor, y'all. And I don't hold myself in the light of, um, I, now I don't, I, I don't, I'm not a victim. I don't, I don't hold myself in a victim's mind state. You know, being a little girl and wanting and, and longing for the absence of her dad really tears down your self-esteem. And I've talked about how low in the trash and in the gutter and the gutter, gutter snipe, gutter butt snipe, <laughs> my self-esteem was. And that shit, Stay with me my whole life. I'm 36 now and I'm just figuring out, I'm just now within the last couple of years feeling like I have self-esteem, right? Because I've been doing the work and the absence of my father taught me that I wasn't worthy of anything more than what I had experienced. See, that's the thing that you fathers don't realize when you walk out of your children's lives. And this is for either men or, you know, for men that have daddy issues because y'all are not unique. Y'all experience daddy issues as well. And I always tell people, especially now with me knowing what I know, a father is the most important puzzle piece in a child's life because that is the person that they're going to look to for direction and protection. And when a child does not have that, when they do not experience that, it forces the other parent to operate in a space that the other parent would be. So a, a child is always gonna go up with a lack. And so we have to be really cognizant of how we are operating in our children's lives and how we show up in our children's lives because those, the way that you speak to them, operate, talk, I mean, everything that you do, you're gonna, it's gonna affect that child in some way. And you don't wanna transfer your traumas 
onto your children. And for a long time, I was doing that with my son. I was transferring my traumas onto him. And it took me to, to get out of my abusive relationship to really realize that that's what I had done. And I had, I've been doing everything in my power for the last three, almost four years to change the narrative, right? Starting with myself, taking ownership of myself, taking ownership of my flaws and all of my faults. And, um, making me a better me, getting me healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, pouring back into myself, healing up that, that six-year-old child that started to suffer traumas at the hands of those who she loved and emotional baggages. And I, I'm an emotional person anyway, so just imagine being a cancer, being emotional, and then having to deal with all of the emotional traumas that I had lived with was really, it was a lot, man. And a lot of the times where I would be moody or mad or frustrated or angry or whatever emotion, negative emotion that we feel, I didn't understand the source of that. And it all led back to a big source of my pain was the absence of my dad, my daddy issues. Feeling abandoned is probably the worst emotional pain that you can experience because you don't feel wanted. You don't feel like you're good enough. You don't feel like you're worthy enough. You don't feel like you matter. And I'm here to tell all of you men and women, you fucking matter. You just gotta take back control. You gotta take back your power. You gotta forgive. See, I'm at a point in my life where I'm able to forgive. So I forgive my dad for him not being there in my life because him not being there in my life is the same experience he had as a child, <laughs> okay? His father not being present and active in his life and all of, the, all of the things that he experienced in his childhood, all of the traumas and the, 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 the misfortunes that he experienced and suffered due to any lacks or any abuse that he might have suffered or experienced. So I don't hold him accountable for anything because he knows not what he does. You know, that's in the Bible. So I'm able to be free of all of the pain that I have felt, all of the feelings of being lost, being neglected, being abandoned, being rejected, being feeling like left out, you know, witnessing my brother and my sister, and I'm the middle child, so witnessing them having both sides of their families, you know, my brother with his family, his father's side of the family, knowing who his aunts, uncles, and cousins were, my sister and, and her experiencing the same thing. And then there's little old me. I'm the only dark-skinned one in the home. Everybody is light-skinned. And I'm just there like, what the fuck? Who am I? I have no clue. I can't get close to this man because he doesn't want a relationship. He doesn't want me. You know, he doesn't want to communicate with me. You know, I didn't see him that much throughout my life growing up. Uh, he financially supported me, so he did take care of me in that sense, but he was not emotionally available to me. And he still isn't because he just doesn't know how to be. He doesn't have the capacity to be. So that's where forgiveness comes in, right? So as adults, we have to take responsibility and take ownership of our feelings. And we can't keep making another grown person who lacks the same thing that you do, we can't keep holding them accountable 
for the things that they did not provide to you because you're now at an age and a space where you can provide those things to yourself. So y'all gotta forgive y'all parents. Y'all gotta forgive y'all parents for what they did not give you and what they couldn't give you because whatever their circumstances was when they were growing up is not unique. They were experiencing traumas and abuse and, and violence and, and, you know, growing up in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, having babies young, you know, living with all of the economic and societal disparity, um, the drop, high school dropouts, drug addicts, I mean, all kinds of stuff that they experienced. So I forgive my parents because you know, shit, they did the best that they could. I turned out great, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I turned out pretty damn good, and I'm making my son's experience better than what I got. So that's the joy that I received. That's the solace that I received, knowing that I took back control of my life. I'm healing myself up from that little five and six-year-old girl who met this man for the first time and then expected this painted this whole reality and this whole picture of what I thought my life was going to look like with this man in my life. And we didn't even know each other. He missed five, six years of my life. This man don't know me. I don't know this man. So how did I anticipate this being some fairy tale romance or, you know, because we, we ideal, we, we idolize our, our parents, right? We don't uh, sexualize them, but we conceptualize them. So, we don't, we, we, we hold them up on high pedestals, right? And we, we look at them and, and we look at them in admiration. So when I found out this was my dad, I was like, okay, cool. Like we rocking, we rolling, but no, no ma'am, <laughs> that, that did not happen. And you know what? We went through a whole bunch of ups and downs. We still going through, we're not really going through right now because I've accepted that I'm an adult now. So I get to choose the manner in which I wanna have a relationship with people in my life. And if this person doesn't want to play an active role in my life, me being his only child and my son being his only grandchild, the only person that's missing out is him because this train ain't stopped moving. This train has just started. So I can't, I'm not upset about the fact that he is not actively involved or he, we don't have a strong bond or relationship still now at almost 36 because he just can't give me that. And I, my, my counselor told me something very like eye-opening when I was expressing to her, I was like, you know, your daddy's supposed to give you this and teach you this and do that. He was like, but is that the type of man that he is? Is that the type of person, does this, does this man have wisdom? Is, is this a man of wisdom and structure? And is this a man of, of integrity and, and character and morality and all of these things? And I sat there and I thought about it. I said, well, shit, not really. <laughs> this man is angry and upset and always mad and always got something wrong. So I was like, you're right. He can't give me something he don't have. And so I'm going to close this out by saying, you know, forgiveness starts with self, y'all. And the forgiveness is not you forgiving the other party because of what they did to you. 
Forgiveness is you forgiving yourself for you feeling the feelings that you felt as a result of what they did to you. You taking away the pain, the, the shame, and the guilt as a result of whatever happened to you. And you forgiving yourself for holding yourself accountable to those feelings when you don't have to. And so in my closing, episode five, Precious Gems Podcast, I want to tell y'all, be kind to yourself. Be gentle with yourself, forgive yourself, and most importantly, love yourself. Okay? Bye!